and welcome back to another episode of Digitally Remastered. I am Digital Master and happy to be back with you today for another discussion. And uh, today we're going to talk about the upcoming replication layer separation or replication layer split. Now, for those of you that do not know, this is slated to happen um, or to be tested in the tech preview build of Star Citizen. So we recently finished up uh, the Pyro play test uh, at the beginning of November, and it ended in November 10th, on November 10th. And I think it's going to come back, of course, but what was supposed to happen or what is supposed to happen is that we're supposed to move from that directly to the replication layer split test. And what that consists of is pretty much as it sounds, uh, the replication layer will be split off of the DGS or the dedicated game servers to its own server um, or pretty much its own scale set. I want to talk about that today. I am very excited about where we are today in regard to the underlying technology of Star Citizen um, as we lead into the, the initial release of server meshing. And it's a lot of interesting bits here um, to anyone who's technically minded or just really interested in technology and really interested in how Star Citizen or CIG is building Star Citizen. This is a very interesting time and in it's developed. Um, to be fair, it's been interesting for a long time with the introduction of so many different components that will make up the whole. Right. We've been through client side object container streaming. We've been through server side object container streaming. We've been through so many different implementations, um, improvements, uh, the initial client side solutions that are in play. Uh, we're still waiting on Vulkan implementation, but all these different te technological aspects of Star Citizen that's going to allow it to be the game that we've all been waiting for. It's just, it's starting to culminate. Let's just say that. And I think there's a lot of reason to be excited today. So I really want to get into it. And as I said, the topic is all about the upcoming replication layer split. But here's the segments that we're going to have today. First one is going to be what is replication layer? Just a brief discussion about what it is for those of you who may not know. And um, maybe a refresher for those of you that do. Um, and then we'll jump into what I expect our experience will be as a result of the replication layer split. And this is before we get to the first implementation of server meshing. So a very interesting segment there. And then we'll finish up with what's happening next. What happens after that? Um, so pretty much a good, in my opinion, a very good episode to really just get you ready for what's around the corner, literally around the corner. So I'm very curious as to how many of you are actively testing in the PTU. If maybe you had a chance to, to test the uh, Pyro preview and what your thoughts were about that or what your thoughts are about that, as well as um, uh, just just in general, like how 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 active you are in the testing uh, space for Star Citizen, everything outside of the live environment, pretty much because pretty much every environment is a testing environment. But obviously, more uh, others are more of uh, such a testing environment than others. So. Just curious, but let's jump right into it. I don't want to waste any time. 
Uh, what is the replication layer? Really, this segment here is mostly for those of you who maybe just, you know, pay attention to the development from a distance. You know, you may have been hearing some things, especially if you paid attention to um, or if you watch Citizen Con, you know, and you've heard some things, right? So maybe you're coming in with some questions or maybe not fully aware of exactly what it is and how important it is um, because the replication layer is really important. In fact, the way I describe the replication layer um, or the hybrid service, by the way, it, it really will take on a new name soon. And the reason is because it's, it's going to be uh, cup. I mean, I use the word that that word too often, but it's going to be working alongside other key components that's going to make up what's going to be called the hybrid service. But I'm really getting ahead of myself here. So let's just take a few steps back here. And let's just introduce what the replication layer is today and how it's working as of right now today, because it is implemented in the sense of the actual function of the service. It's implemented and it's completely coupled with the DGS. And so for those of you who do not know, the DGS is the dedicated game server. So the dedicated game server is pretty much the game simulation is a server where the game simulation is running right now. So when you load, and this is probably the best way to, to really answer this question and really die, get into the what is the replication layer, let's just talk through the workflow a little bit. So when you load into Star Citizen for the first time, I mean, not, this, not necessarily the first time, but when you load into Star Citizen, right? Let's say you're just sitting down right now and you're about to load in, you're logging in to Star Citizen. When you do this, the second you load into the game, you are joined to the replication layer. That is hosted on the same server as the game simulation, as just mentioned. And so what is good to know before we continue on is that the replication layer sits between us, the players, the clients, right? Player clients, the DGS, which is the dedicated game server, and the entity graph. Right. Where persistence is uh, stored, if you will. So. It's pretty much the middleman. I'm going to be using a lot of simplistic terms to describe it. I'm going to I'm making a concerted effort to avoid too much technical speak. So it's the middleman. It's the relay service. It's the heartbeat. It's the heart and soul of the technological architecture underneath the hood, if you will. At the very least, this is the way I explain it, because when you really understand how the replication layer works, it's touching everything. <clears throat> As I just described, it's sitting in the middle, right? So it's touching everything. And some important things that you may or may not know is that the replication layer is very central to the function of PES, persistent entity streaming. So it's, it, it's a very important component of the overall architecture of the uh, Star Citizen game or the overall functionality of the game, let's say. So with all that said, as you log into the game, you're joined with the replication layer and the replication layer at this particular point in time, really at the point at which this game server, the DGS is started. It is responsible, the replication layer, for the initial seeding of the universe, right? So what it does is it goes, calls out to the entity graph to pull all the persistence data and more into the game server for the simulation. 
Same thing happens, as I mentioned, with us, the players. We're connected to the game, the dedicated game server via the replication layer. All of our persistence data is pulled from the replication layer to the DGS, and we start playing Star Citizen. As we play Star Citizen, the replication layer is still actively at work, persisting the changes to the universe that are happening dynamically. So as you move through the game, you know, position state, the state of your items, the state of your ship, the state of the universe is being actively persisted as we go. As we play. And as a result, you can probably start to imagine, because all of this is happening on one server, by the way, that there's a lot of compute power being utilized with all these things happening. The replication layer doing all this replication work and persisting and persistence PES work. The players moving around the, the verse, doing whatever it is that you do. The simulation running in the background. But the replication layer is actively doing all of its work dynamically as we play the game or as the game or the server is running. So the official definition or some of the official terms or phrases used to describe the replication layer is the following. It's responsible for loading both static and persistent data into the game world from the entity graph in its correct state. It's responsible for loading player-related persistent items into the game as well, including the player state. The replication layer is also partially responsible for making decisions in regard to what and when data gets loaded in relation to OCS or server-side object container streaming. A little fun fact is that Back in 2017-2018, server-side object container streaming was its own self-contained function, had its own self-contained functionality, but a lot of the code that manages OCS has been moved to the replication layer. Mind you, all of this is publicly documented as well, so if you're interested, I'm going to try to not forget <laughs> to share the links in the description for you if you want to sort of follow up and do some reading yourself. There's a lot of information out there regarding the architecture of Star Citizen. So just an FYI. So one thing I really wanted to highlight and something that you really want to remember going forward is that the replication layer, well, today, the term replication layer, I want to say is temporary because the way you really want to visualize this is that it's really the replication service. And then there's these other ancillary services that work together with the replication service to make up the whole functionality of this particular component, which will soon be called the hybrid service, as I alluded to earlier. And so this hybrid service will be a collection. Mind you, all of these services that make up the hybrid service will all be on its own server. That's what the decoupling or the replication layer split is all about. Because as I mentioned earlier, the replication layer is currently coupled to the DGS. So they're pretty much holding hands at this point. And so just to give a highlight, when the DGS goes down, so does the replication layer. And so remember that as we go forward in this conversation, it's currently coupled with the single server. And if you can imagine, that is not 
suitable for what we're reaching for, what we're aiming for, what CIG is aiming for, which is this vast universe with thousands of players in the same shard playing Star Citizen together. There's so much more detail to get into for that, but again, I don't want to really get too much into the weeds because I don't want to, you know, get too technical because, you know, that that's not interesting to everyone. So I'm going to just, again, I'm trying my best to keep it and to discuss it in the simplest of terms so that everyone can follow along. And it's not that you can't follow along, it's just that I understand that it's not the most interesting of topics for everyone. So I want to make sure that I keep it high level and get the main point across. Eventually, this service will be called hybrid service. In fact, once the replication layer split happens, they'll probably really push the correct terminology for what it will be called going forward. So the second it's decoupled from the DGS, we should consider it the hybrid service. It will probably pick up the name hybrid service. But this hybrid service is still largely that relay heartbeat system or functionality or component of the underlying technology of Star Citizen. Very exciting times. Very exciting times. And I'm telling you, this piece here is more critical than you might think. Of course, everyone understands it's critical for the implementation of server meshing. And yes, that, that's the big thing. But when you really look at how it works, it really makes a ton of sense. And it really opens your eyes to the realization of the possibilities that we or the, or the things we were hoping Star Citizen would achieve. And it's like the second you deep dive into this, you really begin to see the magic and you begin to understand how this is even possible. So very exciting times. So with that said, let's jump. Now we defined what the, app, the replication layer is. Let's now jump into what we might expect as a result of the decoupling of it from the DGS or this, the, the splitting it from the DGS into its own service. And when we say the splitting of it, that I think I alluded to it earlier, it moves off of the DGS on an, and onto its own server, becoming the hybrid service. So <clears throat> let's talk about it. I have three things that I expect us to see once this replication split happens. Now, now before I start, I really want to solicit your thoughts on this too. And, you know, I don't know how much you have been paying attention to the development of the game, but I'm very curious as to your thoughts about all these upcoming changes, because this is very, this particular step, as I said a moment ago, is, is a very, very, very important step. And, and, what, and what's quite magical about it is that it's, sort of the final step i'm saying this very carefully but for all instance for for pretty much what they've said i'm trying to get away from saying that phrase (laughs) and if you've been listening to my previous podcast you know exactly what i was about to say but what this this replication layer split is the last step before the initial implementation of server meshing and that alone makes this a very exciting time and a very pivotal moment in the development of Star Citizen. Now, we can talk all day about Squadron 42, but this is all relative to Star Citizen, the MMO that we're trying to see come to fruition. (laughs) Very exciting times. But I have three things. 
that I personally think we're going to see as a result as players, mind you. So I'm, you know, this is a very technical thing, right? But what do we expect to see as players? You know what I mean? Like forget, let's for a second step away from the technicals of it all, right? The technicalities. And let's talk more about, hey, what can just the average player who can care less about the technology, what can you expect to see as a result of this once it hits live? And here, and, and this is what I have. The first thing, believe it or not, is a possible server performance improvement. And I will explain why I think this is something that is a possibility. So we talked about it in the first segment, but it bears repeating for the sake of this point. The replication layer is currently attached at the hip. To, D, to the DGS, the dedicated game server. So when, so Stanton, for example, is loaded onto one server. When you log into the game, you're logged and connected to one server. That server has one instance of Star Citizen running on it, which is the game simulation, right? You connect to that client, or I'm sorry, you, you as the client connect to that server and you're connected to the game. The replication layer is also on that same server okay so when we get into this particular part of the details what i can't say for certain is if these are two separate processes running on that vm or that server i'll keep this words consistent i'm not sure if it's two separate processes running on that server or if the replication layer is really that that much in unison with the simulation right like it's all part of the same process that part i do not know But what I do know is that the separation of the replication layer includes a complete removal off that VM onto its own, off that server, sorry, onto its own server. So again, for the sake of making the point, why do I think there's going to be a possible server performance improvement? Well, here it is. Think about your own personal computer, right? As we talk about the server that runs Star Citizen, in AWS. When we talk about the server, imagine your computer, right? And imagine some random single player game, you know, that you fire up on your computer. Right now, when you run that game, a process gets started. You can see it in Task Manager. And in this case, the replication layer is also running, whether it's a part of the the simulation process or if it's its own process on the same machine regardless both of those processes or that single process is using the same or sharing the same compute resources of that machine you're playing the game on so in regard to the server where the dgs is running that server that server's resources which includes network throughput CPU utilization, memory utilization, disk utilization, to name the majority of them, that's all being shared between the two processes running. So replication layer, its functionality requires compute power. So it's using compute power. The DGS, as you can absolutely imagine, is using compute power. And right now, what do we experience when we play Star Citizen? If you get a fresh server, the server FPS tends to be very high. But as more people connect to the game, 
and the game runs for a little bit. You, if you have the debugging opened on your machine, you will be able to see the server FPS just constantly dropping until it reaches within the realm of anywhere from 2 FPS to 10 FPS, which is clearly pretty low performance, right? The reason for that, I mean, it's not the only reason, but the main reason for that is all of these services running on that server is consuming all of those resources. So there's not much left for performance. And CAG has done some amazing things to optimize the game as best they can under the current circumstances. But as you can see, Star Citizen is a very hungry game. And then you add on top of that the replication layer doing its work. And it's a lot of work that the replication layer does. Those, and I'm clear, and I'm certain the servers that CIG are using for Star Citizen are pretty beefy. These are pretty solid servers. But even still, it's consuming a lot of compute power. So when you decouple the replication layer from that server, it only makes sense to expect at least some server performance improvement. Now, how much? I don't know, right? I'm not sitting here saying we're going to start to see 30 FPS on the server going forward. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) What I am saying is that I do expect to see some improvement. It remains to be seen exactly how much, but I do expect to see some improvement. And that's exciting to me. On to number two. And this one is probably one you expect. Um, Or maybe not. (laughs) But it is probably the most significant. And that is the the end of the dreaded 30K. Can you imagine that? No more 30K errors. Or no more losing everything with a 30k error (laughs) i should probably start with that because we're still dealing with one server right the server can still die but when the server dies now the replication layer is not coupled to that server and so that's really the main reason so as i go into explaining why i think we're not going to see 30ks anymore at least not the 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 negative effects of the 30k anymore at least not the at least not as bad as it is now is because of that very reason. Because the replication layer is coupled with the DGS, whenever the DGS dies, aka 30K, the replication layer does as well. So now, because it's decoupled, the DGS can die, that server can go away, and the replication layer service is still running. And that's what, again, as I said earlier, That's what you're connected to when you log into the game. You're connected to the replication layer. Not directly to the the DGS, right? So in in, in case in point, if you watch CitizenCon this past October, Paul Rindell demonstrated this. He's a genius, by the way. But he presented this in the demo. Because he he had a server that the player was logged into, right? via the replication layer 
And he 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 purposely shut down the server, the, the DGS that he spun up to run the demo. And what you saw was that the player did not experience a 30K. That was all replication layer that had nothing to do with server meshing. Nothing to do with server meshing that had everything to do with the replication layer. If you want, go back and watch it and watch what he says. Watch what he demonstrates. You'll see that he shuts down the server that the player was connected to. But because the player is connected via the replication layer, the player didn't lose everything. The player wasn't disconnected. He was disconnected from the server, but the session was saved. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. So I fully expect a significant mitigation to the 30K issues. And I only say that because we're still dealing with one game server, right? So you lose the game server, you have to wait for another one to be spun up to be reconnected. So you're still going to have some impact of a 30K, but it won't be losing everything anymore. Because remember, the replication layer is also responsible for replicating persistence to the entity graph. In both directions, which includes your player character. The only thing that the replication layer is really doing when it comes to the DGS is just replicating that persistent data. So now when you get disconnected from the server, your session state, your current loadouts, your current location, position, all that wonderful stuff is saved it's cached it's 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 that session is still alive you don't go down with the server this is the reason why the replication layer split means everything this is the reason why so very 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 exciting developments on that front and i think we have a lot to be excited about with that we have a lot to be excited about with it so on to my last point on this one The last thing I think we'll see, which has less to do with the experience directly and more to do tying into what's going to happen after this, is there's going to be a very short turnaround. So let me me preface it with this. Once the replication layer split goes live, and by live I mean on to or implemented for the live servers, the live environment, we're moving immediately, in my opinion. To the first iteration of server meshing, which is static server meshing. I fully believe this. I fully believe this. I don't think it's going to take long at all to pivot from that successful implementation to server meshing, static server meshing. Now, of course, this is pending no big setbacks or no big issues during this implementation of the, the, the decoupling of the replication layer. So we will see. We will see. But I fully expect if everything goes well and everything goes as smoothly as possibly as, as possible, that we'll pivot directly to static server meshing. Which leads me into the final segment here. It's going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. Experimenting with the different time lengths and everything. But what happens next? What happens after this? What happens once we get the replication layer live? And as I just alluded to, I think we're going to pivot directly to static server meshing. And with static server meshing, of course, we're getting pyro, right? Because we need server meshing to. And it's funny because when you say server meshing, the big 
part of that that makes this all possible is that separation of the replication layer, which is pretty much what I want to talk about. So because we have a net, because now at this point we have a separated uh, replication layer, we can now introduce multiple servers into the into the picture. Right, because now you decoupled it from one DGS, now it can communicate with multiple DGSs. So now you can host Stanton on one server or one DGS, and you can host Pyro on another DGS. And the replication layer is going to be the glue to connect that experience between the two. So now we can use the jump points and bingo. We have the initial implementation of server meshing as well as the initial implementation of Pyro. The initial true implementation of a pyro system. I also think we're going to see more performance improvements, right? Because with static server meshing, even though I do think we're just going to have the two servers to start things off, the one for Stanton, the one for Pyro, at this point, they can start to, to implement or introduce multiple servers for each system. That can actually begin at this point. Just because it's static doesn't mean it has to be one for each system. Static server meshing, only thing that static server meshing really means is that it's not able to scale yet. Not able to scale dynamically, though. And, and that's what I should make clear. Static server meshing is just simply a manual scaling solution. The CIG would have to manually make the choice and hit the switch to increase the server count for Stanton, for example, to two or to three or to four or to five. This is not optimal, though, because servers cost money and lots of it, depending on the SKU that you're choosing, that you're choosing to use. <laughs> and I promise you, CIG are not using cheap servers as much as I know you want to joke that they might be. <laughs> they're not. It's just that this game is a beefy game. So we're dealing with costly servers. I promise you that. So static server meshing is simply that it's just multiple servers that are manually scaled, if scaled at all. Like I said, I do expect the first implementation or the first introduction of server meshing, static server meshing to be just two servers, one for Stanton, one for Pyro, just to get that functionality tested thoroughly. And then you will, and then what you may see is the manual scaling test at that point to sort of test that scaling flow, right? Um, because this is where the replication layer's magic is really going to be demonstrated because this is what the replication layer was built for. It's built for this. It is the glue for the meshing of servers. It is the literal glue for the meshing of servers. Exciting stuff, exciting stuff. So what we will see at this point is I'm sure them Running multiple tests, right? And again, I think we're going to get the two servers, Stanton Pyro, but then at over the course of time, however much time they need to get to dynamic server meshing, they're going to be testing with manual scaling solutions or with a manual scaling solution. But that all that that's that's what static server meshing uh, encapsulates. That's exactly what it is. The dynamic server meshing is the automatic scaling based on server load. A load balance solution that's dynamic doesn't require anyone at CIG to press a button to scale the solution. It's based on load. And I do, and that's my third point on this, I do expect them to pivot as quickly as they possibly can for the reason I mentioned a moment ago. These servers cost money. And, you know, 
the last thing you want to do is have someone working 24 by 7 monitoring the load on the servers so that they can scale the <laughs> VMs down and up again as needed. That you want that to be a dynamic automatic solution. And that's exactly what dynamic server meshing is going to be. So with all this said, this is what I wanted to talk about. It's a very exciting time for me. And I'm sure for many of you, especially those of you who are very aware of what this means, it's an exciting time. We're actually very close. We're on the cusp of server meshing. And that is going to change the game. I know everybody, especially depending on where you are on the totem pole of understanding what this all means or how significant it is, you know, you may have your doubts. You may still be like on the fence, like, eh, it sounds great, but, you know, and I understand I'm not shooting a shot at you on that. You know, if that's how you feel. That's perfectly fair. But I'm telling you, the second we get the first implementation, implementation of server meshing, you will start to see. Of course, once we get through the bugs and all the, you know, implementation issues that are probably bound to happen. Once we get past that, like we've gotten past the main big issues with PES now, now we're even though there's still some issues, but Chris Roberts addressed that, right? And they're moving toward that solution if they're not very close to it. But we're past what I would consider to be the worst experiences of the first implementation of PES or the initial implementation of PES, right? The same thing's going to happen, in my opinion, uh, with server meshing as well as the replication layer split. It's going to be a lot of testing, though, right? You're going to be have some bugs. We're going to have some potential setbacks, but, you know, we'll work through those like we work through PES. And once it gets singing to a point where we're past the worst of it, you mark my words. A lot of people are going to be if they're You thought people, the, the, the general public's eyes were on Star Citizen after CitizenCon. Just you wait to that first implementation of server meshing and we've you know, bug tested the hell out of it so that we can get it, you know, is a little bit more smooth. Just you watch. A lot of people are going to start to shift their eyes towards Star Citizen. It's a beautiful day to be a Star Citizen. Let me know your thoughts. I'm very curious of your thoughts of all on all this. It's a very exciting time. I'm going to do another video about server meshing. And I'm thinking about doing another one on my main channel to really just break this down in sort of a visual way. Um, which can maybe be a, you know, a little bit more entertaining from a visual standpoint. And, you know, also you get the point over over there. But it's a very exciting time to be a Star Citizen. So let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening in to another podcast. I appreciate you all. And, uh, you know, give me some feedback if you want. I'm always open to it. Nonetheless, I will see you in the next video. Happy gaming to you. And check you later. Take care.